I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindegaard. Making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers Cast with me, Ian. Tonight I'm joined by Mr. Ben Barrett and David Coates again to talk the world of Yeovil Town. Uh, I think there's no better place to start than uh, Dave's trip to Wealdstone. There was a very angry <laughs> we man. We have to start there. He <laughs> was a very angry man on Bank Holiday Monday. Um, <laughs> he took a sleep. <laughs> I did. Re- reconcluded. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of a softer tone, a little bit. Uh, I was going to say, it wasn't that much softer, <laughs> was it? Yeah. But um, Dave, you've had a lot more sleeps now. How yeah. are you feeling about the nil-nil draw in Roy Slip? Well, I can tell you, if you if you're going to um, Wheelstone, don't get off at South Roy Slip. It is a very long way from the ground. That is a mistake <laughs> I made. South Roy Slip Station is nowhere near that ground. Don't believe anybody who tells you that it is. There are two train stations which are a lot closer to it pick one of those so that's my that's my first piece of advice but was that on was that on hugh's guide uh it probably was to be honest i i, I probably just didn't read it properly but um I, I mean if i'd have gone back to south roy slip i didn't on the way back i just jumped on the uh metropolitan line um but if i had walked back to south roy slip i may well have uh found Malachi Linton's um, penalty coming down sometime, some point around there, which was about 10 miles away, I think. So, um, <laughs> yeah, touch of the Ishmael Millers on that one, I think. So, um, sorry to re- relive that old horror for everybody. But, yes, still frustrated. 
um, still can't quite believe that we didn't find our way past um, 10 men. There was only 10, wasn't there? Um, uh, but yes, cut off. I still, I still don't quite understand how we kind of like just probed around the edges. I said to, I said to Marcus Duncombe, <laughs> uh, I said to Marcus Duncombe at half time, I said, yeah, you can refer to us as probing around the edges with no penetration. And then I wrote, then I wrote to him, actually, maybe don't say that one on the BBC. So, but that was it. <laughs> there was no final anything i think we have our we have our title already <laughs> that's less than five minutes into this podcast probing um, around the edges with a little <laughs> penetration yeah oh dear uh, yeah <laughs> deb's can explain that one exactly um, yeah uh okay so a bit of a shoehorn then just working all the way around the box not sure yeah. horseshoe sorry um all the way around talk about a red card so what was the situation with the red card was it a deserved well, I'm, red I'm, card or uh, well i'm gonna use my it was quite a long way away <laughs> excuse because it, it was in the other in the other half but from what i could see there was a there was a little bit of a tussle with um linton and um it was lewis kinsella who was at um Oldershot last season um we'll remember him tweeting something about us after the game down there on good friday but um i've got about that one the uh, so yeah he they kind of tussled for a ball and then it almost looked like he went to kick the ball and the ball wasn't there and he kicked malachi linton up the bomb <laughs> which <laughs> you went probing which, you could say uh, exactly yeah and but but no, no i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say um but yes so he certainly did uh and i didn't seem to be any uh complaint from him any complaint from any of his teammates so i think it was kind of a fair cop gov on that one the referee that said was quite keen to give out bookings and i did think for a long time that he was going to try and level this up uh and he did we did i think we got four bookings maybe um which was bizarre playing against um playing against 10 men but yeah, yeah. so listening on the radio it sounded like he was quite card happy yeah and, um yeah. yeah wanted to make lots of decisions yeah um, don't recognise him. I didn't recognise him to look at. He may well have refed us previously. He hasn't. I was looking myself because no. I asked. I asked Marcus for his name because we were doing it obviously for the the article and whatever. Um, and I googled him and he'd never refed us before. He'd only refed one game at this level before. He had just been promoted from the National League South, South. Yeah. last year. He's done a bunch of Prem Under Twenty One games and Prem Reserve games and stuff like that. But FA Youth Cup. Uh, relatively good levels, but he's, this was his second ever game at National League level. The other one was a Dorking Wanderers fixture, and he gave out a few cards there as well. Yeah, he looked quite young. Not that I'm saying that means anything necessarily, but he did look quite um, quite, quite young. So, yeah, but fair red card. I don't think there's much complaints from anybody about that. So after the red card, what was the sort of... What happened? <laughs> did we, what didn't we, happen? Did what we, the we, hell we, happened? What the hell happened? Well, uh, it, it was kind of at that point, you just thought, right, okay, 10 men, we've got the players here to beat them. We've got Linton, let's get at him. Jimmy Toure, let's get at him. Fisher, Alex Fisher, uh, I mean, this is only the third time I've seen him, but Alex Fisher actually, 
I thought looked a lot more effective than a lot of players um, on on the pitch. Matt Worthington, I have to say, you two have been drooling over Matt Worthington's performance. I didn't think a great deal of Matt Worthington. Uh, he was pretty much, it was a bit crab-like, going sideways, lots of going <laughs> sideways, playing it across, and it was almost like, oh, no, that's too difficult. Oh, no, that's too difficult. Um, Jimmy Toure did his, you know, he had as many blind alleys that he ran up as um, he did meaningful incursions into enemy territory. But um, yeah, nothing seemed to be, it was almost like screaming for someone to just run at them. I mean, maybe I'm being overly simplistic in my tactics here, but it seemed to be, yeah, just have a go at them and, and you'll, you'll find ways through. Um, they were very keen. They seemed keen even in the first nine minutes to play on the counter. So, you know, we talk, we've, we've talked a bit about how we like having the ball. You know, we're a team that likes playing with the ball these days. Matt Worthington is this attacking ball play, ball, ball playing midfield player. It didn't just didn't happen against ten men, which was disappointing. But then half time, we I again messaged Marcus and I said Charlie Wakefield time or Marcus messaged me I can't remember we messaged each other and said surely it's time for Charlie Wakefield and who came on Charlie Wakefield did we really give him the ball not really what did you make of the manager's comments after because it it was a bit of a one I it felt like perhaps Charlie Wakefield didn't necessarily do what he felt he was brought on to do or is it like you see it the player didn't really find him like I thought it was a bit of an odd odd line I can't remember what he said he said we've had a discussion about that it was almost like they just didn't do what he was brought on to do Mm, well I I can only assume he was brought on to have a go at the um uh, at the the, uh, Wilston defense and you're right he didn't do that but equally they seemed to there didn't seem to be a great deal. Lots of playing it back. Morgan Williams. Sort of, there wasn't a lot of balls over the top or playing a ball around the fullback and letting them have a foot race against each other or or getting him on the ball to take on players. It happened once or twice, and on those one one or two occasions, um, there were opportunities for him to get at um, to get at the Wilson player and he did and there were a couple of occasions where he won corners from it and you know got good good balls into the box but yeah I didn't feel like he really had too many opportunities now was that him or was that the ball not finding him felt to me like he didn't see a lot of the ball and I'm sure there's a shared responsibility for that but I did think we needed to get get more to more to him than we did and do you think that's um... not nice? <laughs> my, my 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 watch has just um, reread everything that I've just been saying. I think Siri has been listening to all of that, so uh, I think <laughs> hopefully Siri agrees with it. Did you hear it talking? Oh, yeah, it, that's not nice. That's not nice. I thought, all right, okay, geez. Cool. Not happy with what you said about Charlie Wakefield. It wasn't no. Sorry, Siri. I, I do, do apologise for that. In trouble now. They're all listening. I was going to say the uh, yeah, the one woman in my life, and she's not happy with me either. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but yes, um, so yeah, 
And then obviously there was the penalty. Yeah, well, give us a very detailed, you know, a detailed description of what happened there. It sounded like a little bit of a debate as to who was going to have it, yeah, followed yeah. by the uh, inevitable yeah, <laughs> yeah. situation that always occurs when someone decides they're going to have it. Yeah, well, so uh, Linton did quite well because it was kind of out of nothing. That, and, and, and it was him that made that, that won the penalty because he squeezed himself into... Um, uh, in between the goalkeeper and and and, and the defence, and did um, yeah, made the keeper do something, which was to pull him to the ground, got the penalty, and he did grab it straight away. I didn't see a great deal of who I would assume would have taken it, which was Alex Fisher saying, "No, I'm the penalty taker." Uh, and did did Mark was there something mentioned on commentary about it? It wasn't something that particularly jumped out at me. Uh, I have to admit that I wasn't listening at that point. Were you listening, Ben? I was listening, but nothing particularly stood out. Like there was a there wasn't an argument or anything. Nothing was listed. No, and it was a case of it was just it was just straight to Linton. Um, Whether or not Fisher was ever designated to be a penalty taker or not, I I, I don't know. Who took the one? We had one in pre-season. Who took that? Was it Linton? Alex Alex Fisher. Oh, was it Fisher? Yeah. Um, Scored a penalty, didn't he? Yeah. I seem to remember Linton took one in the. Friendly sure wasn't a, game. Yeah, the friendly yeah. that wasn't a friendly. Right. So yeah. they've both clearly taken it. Um, it's a weird one, isn't it? The penalty because I, uh, I, I'm of the opinion you have a penalty taker, and they know that they're a penalty taker. Whether that's yeah. been the case or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you have someone that you designate early doors, and it's just kind of taken on them, especially in those fine, horrible margin games. For me, you, you want someone senior to stand up and go. This is just one of those times, mate, where I've got to take this. Because if I miss it, I'm in a better position maybe to handle it and to take the stick that follows. You're a kid with a great future ahead of you. Let's not muck about this time. You'll score however many goals you're going to score. I was a teeny bit tiny disappointed that, that Fisher wasn't wasn't taking it. But hindsight's twenty twenty. He puts something in the back of the net. We don't even mention it, do we? So. No. And he did look like he went for the spectacular. He tried to, you know look for the top corner i guess <laughs> probably got the top corner of something someone's satellite dish on a estate several miles away um but uh but yeah so he did um he did do that and he'd had a bit of a frustrating game um frustrating for him as much as um anyone else he he wasn't the same kind of player i saw him do more at Altrincham, with an awful lot less of the ball than I did see him do at Wilston, where he saw a lot more of the ball. Um, and I was, uh, I, uh, I, I may have engaged with a fellow supporter with regards to their opinions of Malachi Linton, um, who, yeah, Let, let's just say that a fellow supporter was very quick to um, to judge Malachi Linton and. Um, let him know in very vocal terms about it. And and I let him know what I thought of his opinion, which was, yes, he's not having a good game, but that doesn't make him uh, bloody useless, as he was told. Um, uh, because as, 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 as I clearly stated many weeks ago on this podcast, Malika Linton is a player who will, uh, I think will score, will score a lot of goals for us. And I, I don't think that kind of attitude helps. 
I was slightly unfortunate that probably seconds after I'd finished this debate, should we call it, Malika Linton then got substituted, and <laughs> <laughs> and the bloke took great delight in um in in doing that. So yeah, but uh, I don't think that kind of attitude particularly helps in that situation. But there we go. He paid his money to be there. Who am I to tell him what to do? That was very much the like feeling of the manager and Josh Staunton after the match, wasn't it? As well, they sort of said. Malachi Linton knows he's, you know, he knows he should have scored. He doesn't need everyone telling him that he should have scored. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, was there anything else from that game? Jimmy Torre, you, lots of touches. Lots of touches. Um, yeah. Lots of almost looked like he could be a, playing 90 minutes, which I yeah. was quite pleased about. Um, yeah, seems to seem to do a lot more but didn't yeah it was the it was the end product that was um that was obviously missing as um as proven by the 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 goalless draw and i'm not sure i buy this we'd have taken a point beforehand um in the context of it um of it all well yeah yeah. that's one of the things i wanted to talk about really is that should we do should we be disappointed with four points from those two games context of the two games i think we should i think we should have six points from the because the context of the two games is we played 81 minutes against 10 men and 81 minutes against 10 men who were top of the league at the start of the season but as you know top of the league after five matches as well so and and i think my first conclusion was and admittedly this wasn't this did not trouble my conclusions in my first writing of them in the 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 red mist conclusions <laughs> shall we call them um but um yeah you do have to give wilston some credit they did set themselves up very well they've set themselves up to be a difficult team to play against even in those first nine minutes i think very well organized um you know, I don't think there is such a thing as a part-time team in this division. They were as fit as we were. They were you know, organised, good players. Um, Chris Smart didn't really do a great deal, which um, I was a bit surprised about. But yeah, they... I suppose after 10 minutes, it's not really his game when they're down to 10. He's kind of... Yeah. He's not a luxury player, but he's that player who makes things happen at the top end of the pitch rather than... You know, and I think he's probably more likely to do that when he's got. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, you have to you have to give them some credit that they organised us out of the game. But we should have had, we should have, yeah, we should have done more to. And why do you think? Why do you think there is this feeling that we would have taken a point at the start of the game? Because you know, in in my conclusions after the Dagenham and Redbridge game, I've said I think for us to even flirt with the playoffs. We need to be beating Wildstone and York City because York City have come up a league and Wildstone, yeah, they're part-time, but they're one of the teams that you think come the end of the season, they're going to be further down the table. And you just, you know, I think if we're going to, those are the games that we need to win if we're going to be towards the top end of the table. You can't lose those games, I don't think, regardless of how early it is in the season. You can't really lose those games or, you know, Drop points for those kinds of teams. We didn't lose those games. No, we didn't lose either of them. But um, well, we haven't right. played one of them yet. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we um, yeah, but we should. We we we, we should, in that situation, we should be beating teams like Wilson. 
Um, and that's that that's this that situation being the fact they had nine they had um uh, ten men for eighty one minutes. Yes, they're they're a good side, they're in form, they had a decent start and all the rest of it, all the things that um I tried desperately to say in Friday's podcast so that the Stonescast people wouldn't uh, come and find me on the uh, terraces, but um but yeah, in the context of it, we should have beaten them. Ben, you were nodding furiously, so I'm guessing it's not just the fact that they had 10 men for 90 for 80 minutes, they also had 10 men for 40 minutes of the previous game, which happened to be six hours away, away at Gateshead 48 hours before. So, I just I I was stunned to see people saying, Oh, they're taking a point there, really? Really? I'm not taking a point all day at any point. The context of what's gone before it most notably the Altrium game, made the Wheelston fixture even more important. If we'd have got three points against Altrium and gone 3-3-1, we'd have been a bit, nah, but we'd have been a lot happier about it. But because we didn't see Altrium over the line, we had to see Wheelston over the line. Because Ian's absolutely right. If we want to be kicking about the playoffs, if that's the goal, if that's the aim, then I'm sorry, but it's about time we start setting our standards a little bit higher. Because going to Altrium, and lasting 91 minutes, but not the 92nd or 93rd isn't going to get you there. And going to Wilsdon and not breaking down 10 men when you got a penalty kick isn't going to get you there. And I mean, that's I mean, that's so horrible to put it on to individuals and stuff. But that means that the York game becomes more important because you've got four points that you should have had that you haven't got that you then want to get. Go back even further. You can talk about the Barnet game where we should have battered them and picked up three more. You pick up three against Barnet Altrium. It doesn't really matter what happens against Wilson so much, but you're putting pressure on yourself a little bit more. So it puts pressure on the York game and it probably puts pressure on Woking. It probably puts pressure on Eastley, a double header of away games to follow up. And then you've got a couple of big teams turning up at Hewish Park, Chesterfield and Boreham Wood. Well, I'd much rather be getting the points in the bag against Altrium and Wilson, knowing that Chesterfield have got a visit in a couple of weeks. You get your points in when you get them in, not. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't buy that. I'm all for giving praise to a team that have set out their stall to defend and, and given them their all and all the rest of it and have earned the point that Wilson earned. But I'd yeah. have taken a point pre-kickoff? Absolutely not. No chance would I have taken a point pre-kickoff. And I think the mood of the manager after the game and you know what he said about how there were angry words between the players and that type of thing, I, I think those standards are high as well. I mean, I'm sure none of them would have gone into that game thinking we'll take a point because they're professional athletes who want to win everything. But up against think... those who aren't professional athletes. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, there, there's definitely. I feel like there's probably that feeling within the the group as well. I, I don't, I don't I, understand where this sort of no, me neither. mentalities I... come from. Really. I, I tweeted after the game, probably the most angry tweet I've put out in a while, and I fell completely foul of rule two. But I said, that has to be the low point. That has to be the low point of this season now. In so much as it was the same last season. Who, who was it that had the, the left back in goal and we couldn't break them down? Altrium. That felt like a low point. The this worst has, October ever. Yeah, that, that <laughs> October had to be the low point. Well, that was the low point. Monday was the low point. If it gets worse at any point throughout the course of the season, we aren't making playoffs. End of. As far as I'm concerned. That has to be the point at which you go, that ain't good enough. Because you have to. And it put pressure, puts too much pressure on the fixtures going forward. I'm, I want to set, I want this football club and our 
team and our supporters, probably more so than anything, because I think the team probably do set their standards a bit higher, but I think supporters need to be standing, setting their standards a little bit higher than, we'll take a point away at Wilson. No. And there was the frustration of the answer being Lawson Diaz. Oh, Lawson, or, or Sam Pearson. They'll be back. I think it was Barry Spiller said, I'll be relying on a man with one knee too much. And I think he's absolutely right. We are. The answer can't be Lawson Diaf all the time. Don't get me wrong. Lawson Diaf probably is the answer on that game. Lawson Diaf is probably the person who plays that killer ball through to Charlie Wakefield. Sam Pearson probably is that person who can make that run and, and, and cause that problem. But if we're relying on one or two players, we had enough players out there, good enough players out there. Um, I just think they they weren't set, set out with the right, game plan no for that we, 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 we have to be where was hogball where were these <laughs> these these things that i've been hearing about ding, 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 maybe, ding, he's used was, it there you go I, well may, maybe it is that because last season ben we enjoyed away wins and it was all mm. about being away maybe this is ian's comeuppance uh, it's absolutely. all going to be about uh all going to be about hp <laughs> yeah, well, yeah it may well, well be it may well be i think yeah, and I think as you know, Barry's tweet sort of struck a chord with all of us, I think. And we know Lawson has that quality, like we know, but we've seen it, you know, so sparingly. I think when you look at, you know, this is his fourth season. In his first season, when he came back, he put, made 25 appearances. In his second, he made 14, and he made 17 appearances last season. Um, you know, not all of those are going to be starts, some of those are going to be from the bench, and you sort of think. Are we expecting what are we expecting this year? I know we would love it to be more, and we know he's got he's just he's got that brain that I don't think anyone else in our team necessarily has from all of his years of experience. But if he <laughs> if he is the answer, are we asking the right questions? Yeah. We are or we're not? Uh, uh no, well the if he's the answer, are we asking that question? Well, he, he, he is the answer. He is an answer, but he can't be the answer. He's, he is a way that we can get past teams like Wilston, that we can get, you know, that will do 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 well against. Well, Dawson Diaz, I think, on his day, has got the potential to take any team in this um, in this division apart. But, if, say, if we're relying on hit just him or him and Sam Pearson, who we've got until January... That can't be the answer. It can be an answer, but it can't be the answer. Do you think he's a more of a last thirty-minute player rather than a starter? I think he had to start to get the win. I think he had to get that first win. I think he had to help us get that Dagenham win. I don't think we. I, I, I question whether or not we'd have got the win against Dagenham in the same manner or held out without him on the pitch. We came so close against Altrincham. He came him. off. He came off at the start of the second half. He did, but I think he sets sets a tone, and I think he everyone plays to his tune a little bit. He's that good, and I think maybe maybe this is the first time we're properly realizing. Maybe it's the first time I'm properly realizing just how damn good he is. Um, but he's no good if he sat in the stands, and it, mm. it, it, it is it is almost heartbreaking, isn't it? Because it must be as, as bad as it is for us to chat about and say, oh, isn't he good when he's available, blah, 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 blah. Imagine being him, someone who's worked his ass off 
to be that good of a footballer. And for reasons that are of no fault of his own, it's taken away from him on, what, 50%, 60% of the time. So I, I really feel for him as much as I feel for us who have to miss him. Yeah, the, the more Lawson Diaz, the better. But you, you, we are probably right. There probably needs to be another. If we had two, if we had two and they could alternate, <laughs> that'd be wonderful. <laughs> um, it's tough, isn't it? It is really tough because he's he's quickly becoming the best player we have by a country mile and we don't see him as much as we'd like to see him through no fault of anybody. I'm not sure I agree. Yeah, I'm not sure he's the, the, the I think his, um, his injuries as much as anything else mean that he can't be the best player um, by I a think country he's, mile. He's one I of, think well, he's our most intelligent player. He's, our mo- he's the player with the best footballing brain and oh, the ability yeah. to yeah, yeah. unlock a team. But uh, yeah, I, I think Josh Staunton's streets ahead. And I'm surprised Ben has you know changed his allegiances away from Josh Staunton. I, I never um, said I had. I said that he was up. I, yeah, I, I would never do such a thing. Josh, if you're listening, don't listen to them. Uh, uh, yeah. But I, 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 we are right. And this conversation feels like it's going round and round in circles, doesn't it? Um, but we'd have, we'd, have, we'd have known this. We'd have known this when we signed him. That there was always a chance that he you know going to come back and be a play 40% of the games, 50% of the games. We knew that was going to be a thing. And I think we've, we've tried by the looks of it with Pearson. Maybe Perry was supposed to be a bit of that. Maybe the new lad that we'll get on to talking about is supposed to be a little bit of that. Maybe the new formation was supposed to be a little bit more friendly to having a Diaz in the side, the freedom of, of Worthington, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe we tried to make other things happen so that it, he wouldn't be such a miss, but he is, he is a real miss. Well, should we get on to the the new lad? The, yeah. I think we've kind of been forced into a signing a little bit today in um, Will Dawes, Dawsey, um, who Coatsy spotted him, didn't you, weeks ago, it feels like. Well, yeah. Oh, someone, <laughs> well, someone I, I, I spotted someone that I didn't know who he was uh, on a, um, I think it was one of the trips that the first team made to the uh, uh, community sports trusts soccer schools and there was um yeah there was a picture of all the players stood there with all the kids at the other soccer school there and then there was this guy stood next to um uh to sam pearson and i said to you guys is that is that will buse it, i mean it, i didn't think it looked like it looked like him but it was just a blonde person and i thought yeah <laughs> Who, who's that and i don't and, and i asked a few people and nobody knew and the reason we didn't know is because we've never been to stratford town well i've been to stratford town, <laughs> but he won't he won't play in there at the time i don't think so um so yeah but uh as the stratford upon avon herald refers to him as a, a wing wizard signed for an undisclosed five-figure fee do we think that includes decimal places or not i maybe. presume not no, no. Ben, ben thinks maybe. I, yeah. <laughs> I think probably not. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's it. I think we, last week with uh, Scrimmy, we've paid a fee for a player. This week, it sounds like we've paid another fee for a player. Um, what's going on here then? There's the Knowles cash, isn't it? Somewhere. Yeah. The Knowles cash. I mean, you know, I think we'll judge him on the goals he scores. Um, oh, really? But... <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> but, but, you know, a player, it's a big step up. It's one that we have seen before with 
Albie Skendi um, transitioning quite nicely from that to Yale Town before deciding to go across the pond. Can they say someone, someone checked his visa status, uh, this lad. <laughs> Does he know any famous Canadian pop stars? <laughs> <laughs> Just um, so, yeah, I guess we'll see if he's been with a group. I mean, that was two weeks ago the picture yeah, i think we saw, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, so, a couple of weeks ago now so he's obviously he's been a, he's been around um and obviously the uh stratford town press officer was 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 well prepared with with what looked like he it looked like he cut and paste jed mccurry's like text message to him or something <laughs> doesn't it it's like like a facebook um dm or something that he put um yeah it was definitely just a stream of consciousness wasn't it it's like it was, yeah yeah <laughs> here we go I, Having been to Stratford, though, I do get the impression it's kind of got a bit of a Pied Piper kind of feel to him, uh, Jed McCreary, when whatever he says is is law, I think, there. So uh, I I imagine if Jed says, just do that, then um, that's what we do. I mean, it will appear in the minutes of um, the next Max May limited uh, uh, (laughs) annual general meeting, I'm sure, (laughs) taking place at their registered office. Jewish Park, Max May Limited being a building uh, development company. Easy now. That was um, silence, wasn't it? <laughs> there, there's nothing I've said there that aren't complete and out of fact. <laughs> that was an awkward silence, wasn't it? That yeah. was awkward, wasn't it, for a second there? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, so it's that, do you reckon the friendly to Stratford Town's on again next season, then next pre-season? Skendy friendly. Skendy friendly. Coatsy yeah. will get a pre-season game in this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You won't be allowed um, in. <laughs> yeah, he'll be on a wall somewhere in a security office. Yeah, do not let this man in. Listen, Jed is a friend who offered to introduce a potential investor in these difficult times. All options have to be explored. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I have other friends in football who've offered assistance to the club in various ways, and I've been helping other clubs as the way it should be. It's the way it should be. You are absolutely right. Someone, someone told me I sounded like Scott Priestnell once before. So if the I words. just repeat his words, maybe people will think that. Is I that am. a Russian boxer? <laughs> it was a Russian boxer. Yeah, who <laughs> turned into God and then was never seen again. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's Will. We'll see what he's like on Will. Sa- on Saturday. It should we be will. Let's hope he. Let's hope he features. Let's hope yeah. he opens some doors. Huh? Scores on the doors, uh, Georgia doors, wheels and doors. Be, will there be someone in pajamas, dressed like a giant baby, playing drums on the uh, in the corner flag? Can I we, hope can so. We organise that. I hope so. Yeah. Fantastic. There's, there's the next match day experience. There you go. There's your local <laughs> hero. It's your local hero, <laughs> George Doors. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dave, you've you've been doing a little bit Ruffling of ruffling some feathers. No, wait, that was just a minute ago. Number yeah. crunching, haven't you? Well, well, uh, uh, trying, oh, trying to, to, yeah, trying to. So, um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I know it was noted by a few people that the very interesting um, Yeovil Football and Athletic Club Limited confirmation statement appeared on uh, the company's house. And obviously, sad acts like me, uh, the day after my birthday, actually, this appeared, the 15th of uh, August. What um, a treat. Yeah, absolutely. So a treat to me. And it showed uh, that one Stuart Robbins, um, there's only, no, um, played, uh, paid, uh, uh, had bought 341,442 ordinary shares uh, in 
Yeovil Town Football and Athletic Club. So I thought to myself, well, that by, by the suggestion of the statement that ordinary shares are priced at one great British pound per share, that to me suggests that around £341,442 had been parted with. So I thought to myself, OK, well, I'm going to ask this question to um, to the club. And and in fairness to Stuart, he was uh, he, he gave me a call uh, a couple of days afterwards and um, we were we were sort of going back and forth. And he, he, he promised me an answer, which had to go through accountants and lawyers, as I'm sure these things do in the business I work in I know that these statements don't always come easy so um was aware of that and yeah as of uh, at some point this week and hopefully by the time you are listening to this you'll be able to pop onto the website and read this written down so if you don't follow it go back and read it but um what has been confirmed to me is that Stuart Robbins does indeed own 20% of the Oval Football and Athletic Club with the remaining 80% um which is like 1.3 million shares being retained by Yeovil Town Holdings, which is a separate business, which is has one director and one director only, that director being Mr. Scott Priestnon. So, um, but what has also been made, uh, I've been told um, in this statement, is that although this the confirmation statement says that ordinary shares are worth one pound each, that is the value of a, the nominal value of a share in Yeovil Town. And that's not the same as the current value or the market value. So I can only assume that current and market value differ. And therefore, it's not as simple as saying, well, you've bought 341,000 shares at one pound a share. Therefore, that's how much you put in. So we can only assume that maybe it's less than that amount that that, that has been paid in. Um, the simple fact is we don't know. He could have bought 341,000 shares and they could uh, he could have paid one pound for them. I don't think that's the case, but um, uh, but equally it appears that that the number is not uh, 341,442. But the other important thing which was what was mentioned was that the shares or the, the, the money that was being invested would be put into the football club. Now, there were a number of questions that were flying around on social media about this, that if you're effectively buying shares from Yeovil Town Holdings, which, as I said before, has one director, Scott Priestnell, are you not effectively giving that money to Yeovil Town Holdings, a.k.a. Scott Priestnell? So, again, I asked this, this, this question, and the response I got back was that Whilst therefore accounting from accounting perspective, it had to be that you had to buy these shares. He had to buy these shares from the Overtown Holdings. There has been an agreement that's been put in place that effectively um, this would have this would have created an unnecessary loan balance between Yeovertown Holdings and Yeovertown Athletic. So as a result, with accounting and advisors um, all involved, the money that Stuart Robbins has put in has come back into the football club in what is referred to in this answer as working capital. So working capital has been um, taken from this money and this money is now being used as working capital within the football club. Now, what that working capital is being used for, we don't know, but 
ultimately what this statement is saying, and this is uh, to just address this is the statement that he's saying this, that that money that's been invested by Stuart Robbins has gone to Yovertown Holdings, but it has now been invested into Yovertown Football Club as working capital. Clear? My head, hurt. My head hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Thought Ben was going to nod off then. Yeah. That's so, how Ben. That's how we feel when you start talking about shirt numbers. Yeah, or oh. shin pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just read out the last two lines. Oh, there's, there's more. Which there's one? more. No, no, no. I'll just read this out because I want to be clear as to what's being said. And as I say, you can go on the website if you're interested. If you're not, just fast forward through all this nonsense. But the last two paragraphs read: Our professional advisors have helped guide us through these transactions to ensure there are no other related issues arising that may be detrimental to the football club. And we are pleased to confirm that these transactions have indeed been completed and concluded accordingly. The investment funds have therefore ended up in the football club without any additional liability arising on the balance sheet for any entity. So I think what they're at pains to say there is that the money that Stuart Robbins has put in has gone into the football club. So that is... That is what we know um, as a as a statement of fact. But what we don't know is how much that investment is and how many pounds have been put in to the football club. That's as far as I'll go. Any questions? Millions, but I'm not even going to bother. Okay. <laughs> is the um, first one, what was the first bit again? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Good. Okay. Brilliant. So, how many will doors is does that buy? I'm just. <laughs> well, who knows? Because we don't know how much has been how much has okay. been invested. But yeah, but Stuart Robin is a twenty percent owner of Yeovil Football and Athletic Club. That much we know. Even Ian's holding his head, and he's usually the one who understands these things. No, it all sounds clear and as just, to me. Just for absolute clarity on my part, because I actually have, do have a genuine proper question here. There was no mention on that confirmation statement about Martin Starnes. He is still, as no. we know at this point, just a voluntary no. advisory yeah. role. No, well, he, he, he is, well, his name has been mentioned. So in the minutes of the Alliance meeting, which I think we wrote an article about a couple of weeks ago, there was a welcome back. I think it was um, maybe Rich, who chairs the Rich Rendell, who chairs the um, Alliance meeting, welcomed Martin Starnes back to the club. No suggestion that that was in a formal capacity. Um, yeah, uh, but but no, no mention of him as a director. There is this one last thing that oh, I was going to say yeah. in response to this, which is I did ask the question as well about an update on developments around South, South Somerset District Council and all of that. So the club responded to my question. The search for further investors, club directors continues. Confidential discussions have been held with a number of individuals and it would be inappropriate this time to comment further unless or until agreements are reached. Plans developed the Hewish Park site are ongoing with South Somerset District Council. Okay. There Everyone's go. gone to sleep now. <laughs> no one's listening. So let's just say whatever the hell we like. Another awkward silence though, wasn't there? Yeah. I honestly, gee, honestly, I hope, here's the thing. I hope Yeovil fans that are listening to this appreciate the work Dave Coates is doing because my brain has just gone completely silly in the head. So <laughs> Dave, if you, if you genuinely understand that and have imparted wisdom upon the thousands, thank you on behalf of people that are trying to understand the goings on because you've made people who know far more about this stuff than me 
far more educated on the situation. So on behalf of them, thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure I have helped anyone here, but, um, <laughs> but if somebody understands what I was going on about, good. If you don't, read the article. If you still don't, maybe just give it up. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do anything else for you. Exactly. That's where I am. <laughs> just, just so we know, that's where I am. Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to talk about the National League Wrexham thing, but I think we've had quite a long chat oh, already can we, tonight. Can we, not, we? can we not go too far in on, on Wrexham? I feel like we, I kind of, kind of want to go into. Do you want Wrexham. to? I feel like we do, should do, need to go in. Do, do, do you want to do that now or do we want to talk about the weekend? Which order do you want to do it? Well, yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Because we've got a York City chat as well, haven't we? We have yeah. a York City chat. I don't, like, I don't like Wrexham. They're in it for themselves, the self-centred bastards. So stop it now. Okay, yeah, I think I that's, that's, that's Ben's take on the National League situation. Maybe we can talk about this another episode, but I think we should go to... Dave's been busy again. Dave, who, who else have you spoken to? Who, um, who did I speak to? So I spoke to a gentleman called Simon, who works, uh, or who works, or, or, or runs the Shooting Towards the Shippo podcast. Okay, so this is Dave and I am joined for our York City preview by Simon from the Shooting Towards the Shippo podcast, a York City podcast. So Simon, you just told me this off air, but first of all, explain to me, what does Shooting Towards the Shippo mean? Well, first first off, well done for getting that first time as well, because that was impressive. (laughs) Got my teeth in for that one. (laughs) Yeah, so basically the, the, the name comes from our old sort of home end behind the goal at, at, at Booth and Crescent, which is currently, as it stands, being absolutely flattened, by the way. It, 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 I live around the corner from Booth and Crescent and it's, it's, a, it's a very sad sight for any, any traditional football fans who love, who love the old football grounds. But, um, but yeah, so it basically comes from, from that. So it used to back onto... Uh, uh, used to back onto a school which was Shipton Street School, which has been is recently been turned into homes now, and and also the the street itself, which is Shipton Street, which and it, it used to be a bit of a thing back in the day where it, if we uh, were shooting towards the home end in the second half, which we usually like to do, as I think I think many teams like to do, don't they these days? Um, yeah. But yeah, so it kind of comes from from that and I'm sure there's probably some clips online somewhere where you can probably hear, hear the, the stadium announcer saying that at some point but yeah so that, that that's that's the brief analysis of that one for you right okay now if I remember our last uh, memory of um uh, of visiting Booth and Crescent was a very wet in fact I think I might still be drying out from it um uh Tuesday night and I remember one of our former players James Barrett scoring for you we lost one now in what was probably one of those miserable games of football I've ever seen in my life probably due to the weather more than anything else I got literally drowned I think there but I imagine yeah. you're a lot of away fans tell you that yeah, I'm. I'm sure they probably do because that the the away end was a bit miserable, weren't it? Really, if you weren't allowed to sit down in that in the in what was the pop stand, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, it could could turn out to be a bit grim for some, especially on a Tuesday night. 
bravo for coming up on a Tuesday night because that's that's impressive. Yeah, well, I have to, I have, I have to confess something that I actually live in in Preston in Lancashire, so I didn't actually come that far away. Oh. But there, were, there were plenty of people who did, I promise you. So, um, and York's always a good one. I know a lot of people are looking forward to coming to York this um, this season because it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice place to come in it. So, but um, but yeah, well, obviously we've got to talk about some football whilst we're here. And looking at your results uh, from the opening half dozen fixtures that they had, it seems to have been a fairly steady, a fairly easy even a start to the season you got two wins two draws two defeats i mean how how, how do you sort of react to that i guess was that what you would have been hoping for coming up from it's probably what i suppose it's probably what i would have kind of expected um, um i think with anyone sort of knowing what the national league's like and what it's been like over the years i've been been in and out of it for quite a while now in the well in these last 20 or so years I'd say now but it, it it's become quite a different beast to what it, it was when we first dropped in there in 2003-2004 season and when you had you had the teams that you, you sort of look at now were actually some of some of the teams that you kind of looked at then where you probably think where on earth is this place you, you look at the likes of Forest Green they were they were struggling non-league side at that time now obviously very well established in the football league and and doing very well for themselves Burton Albion as well and uh, another one and there's been there's been various others and obviously Wrexham who are who have who who dropped into the National League way back then I think a year or so after we did and have stayed stayed in there struggled in there and obviously uh, are now one of the big hitters once again in in there um and it, and you look at all the other ex league sides in there now, Notts County as well, the other one, Chesterfield, the, some of the big sides, and and you look at some of the others as well that are that are in and around there, Solil now, who, who have really turned things around for themselves. They've got a bit of money, so it, it's a completely different beast to to what it was even five years ago when we were relegated from the International League North, and it you just kind of have to, I think, even for us as a as a very well known ex football league side and. And you you get people saying they shouldn't be down there and this that and the other. But for us, I think I think we're very much uh, as a fan base. We've we've been rejuvenated under John Askey. That uh, and some of the football that we've been playing has been been brilliant. We had a great win yesterday. Uh, sorry, great result against Oldham yesterday, which probably should have been a win. But it, generally, yeah, I'd be I'd be very satisfied. I think with a sort of mid-table top ten sort of finish I think for this season and sort of gradually hopefully build on that for the next season or or season after that I, I don't think anyone's getting too drawn into the the whole reaching playoffs or, or going for promotion this season I think we're all feeling a bit more realistic than that so so the start has been it, it's been steady and I think to be honest our our problems has been has been which proved again yeah when we did face Oldham uh, on Bank Holiday Monday was that it it was probably some a game that we actually probably should have won apart from a a, a very strong twenty minute spell that Oldham gave to us that in that game so it, it it's one of those things where at, at the moment after the these first few games I kind of feel like we've we've done we've done well we've held held our own which probably better than I even thought we would but also I think. It it feels it feels very strange for me to actually say that we probably should be could be even doing better with some of the performances that we have we have put in. We've 
Um, but we we've just done what we've what seems to happen to us is is that if we get sort of stuck in with with some of the sort of long ball sort of aggressive sides in the in the division like we did I think against Eastley for example that was the worst game I've seen us play under ASCII. Um and we we tried to play them at their own game and and they came out on top with a one nil win but it, it's just about us actually trying to actually take the chances when we get them because we've we've had we've had our fair fair share of them in in these opening few games and it's something hopefully that we we can rectify the the season as it as it sort of continues really yeah and and i mean what kind of a side are you obviously it's been quite some time since we've um we've locked horns and and played it it's uh, john askey i seem to remember being a like say a good a good footballing manager i seem to remember him he took macclesfield up didn't he a few years back yeah, he did. Yeah. He, and he basically, I think he signed 16 players within a, a few days before the season started or, or something something along those lines anyway. And he, he's, he's put a squad very quickly together and 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 worked miracles with, with what he had there. So, but yeah, John Askey uh, is probably, he's probably one of the most detailed managers I think we've, we've had for, for certainly for a very long while. He, he's, he likes to know everything inside out. He, even to the point, I think he'll sit, even admits that he'll probably watch a videos of his opposition a good probably six times or so before before the game just to get a better idea of where they're at. But yeah, he seems he seems to be a, a very proper football man, and and you 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 know that he he cares about what what he's doing with your club, and I think the the links with with the likes of Notts County in the summer when when they lost their manager from last season and and Rochdale just in the last week or so who who approached him but he he turned that down he said he's not someone that that leaves a football club unless he gets sacked basically is, was was his words right. so he's, there's um, so much chance of that happening to him at York well at, at this moment in time there's uh you I don't think there'd be anyone better for us with with what the job he's done obviously he took us out of nowhere into the playoffs last season and getting us promoted, which uh, which I, I, no, no York fan would have told you that we would have done that last season at all when he, from when he came in in around November time. So he's, he's been doing some really great work and he, he himself is someone that has, he has a, he has a plan of what he wants to do and he, he feels like, He's obviously taken a little while because I don't know if any of your fans are aware at the moment, but we we just recently basically were taken over by a, a new businessman and and basically it's a a fifty one forty nine partnership with the supporters trust. So the the supporters have a bit of a say again in what's going on at the club, and it seems like he's building a good relationship with with the new owner and and the people that have been put in place behind the scenes at the club as well. So there's there's a lot of good things going on with us at the club and and John Askey's a big part of that. He he's he plays some good football. He, he he likes to he plays he plays he plays a very high line. He likes to sort of push push uh, push as a as a formation quite high up and and keep the ball up there which it's has it's certainly been working. He plays some nice football. Oldham he said yes he said about that on the bank holiday game that we we probably one of our best performances which it definitely was um 
And if we're allowed, if we're able to play some good football, it's that's when we see John Askey and his side at, at the best. But there's there's still there's still a few sort of tweaks and things here and there maybe to be done. But of course, it, it, again, he's he's brought in basically a what is a pretty much a whole new squad compared to what he uh, he was working with last season. Um, he, he's been a bit. He's certainly been ruthless in in what is recruitment. Um, and so far, I think I'm hoping down the line that it'll it will all pay off and and we'll see some some benefit to to the side that he's built to to perform in the national league. So, yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you about some of the players because noticed over the summer that there were quite a few few incomings. I mean, a couple of names there that will be familiar. I think uh, Linnell John Lewis is always one that has uh, obviously been around the divisions uh, uh, most recently at uh, at Grimsby. And Scott Bowden as well has obviously um, been around. I mean, tell us about some of the who are some of the players that have come in that have impressed you so far. Um, I must say, with with Linnell John Lewis, he He's been one that I suppose he's, he's just. I think because the last couple of years he's not really had much of a, a record in terms of goal scoring, but he's he's been named our captain as well for the at the start of the season, which I think is a very it's a, a great sign of of how John Askey sees him as a player and a and a person and and some of the work that he's done since he's actually been at the club. He's he managed to. I think get uh let me see now how many has he scored is I think he's got about seven goals in in the last 10 11 games I believe so he, his goal scoring record is probably some of the best it's been for a good few years and he it, it just seems that regular game time getting him getting him on the pitch regularly has has really seen benefit to that and he's he's been a real catalyst in the way John Askey likes to play he likes to usually play a 4-3-3 system so he's Having that link-up play with, with our our wider wide forwards that we he he likes to implement, which uh, probably some of our best, a couple of our best players at, at the club that he's brought in in the last year. I mean, he signed from Hereford uh, back in I think the back in January February time uh, was Maz Kuya, who's a he's an Afghanistan international, and he's he sort of come from nowhere really, and Hereford were were ruined losing him for literally nothing that they, they didn't because he was on a on a it was a month to month contract I think that he was there with them so they didn't make any profit from us signing him and he's been an absolute revelation for us he he was part of this squad that brought us up last year and and I think there will have probably been interest from higher up from from him he's he and he stayed on a year's deal which I think Going forward, he's, he's going to be a, an absolute steal for someone next season because you'll, as you'll probably see when when we play against you on at the weekend, that it is a is a player that's just he's got all the tricks, he's got everything going for him. And then on the other side, we've we've managed to uh, lure in Alex Hurst from Port Vale, who obviously got promoted to League One last season, and he's if it's if it's not with with Kuyar on the on the right hand side, then Hurst seems to be um, pulling all the strings on the left hand side of of the front three, and with with all the pace and his his real direct threat is is just seems to be improving every time he plays as well. He had a great game for us and was the man of the match against Oldham. So there's a lot lot in there, and and I think our, our 
I think the real surprise though for, for York in the summer has been um, he, he came in as a trialist in the last couple of weeks. I think he played one game against Notts County in a, in a pre-season friendly, um, uh, which is uh, Dan Pybus, who we, we got from Scotland. He, he was he was meant to be signing for, for Leighton Orient before, before he joined us and then he picked up an injury and then we ended up picking him up a couple of weeks before the season started and He's, his energy levels are absolutely out, outrageous. I what, right. what, what, watching him in these last couple of home games, it's uh, he's been an absolute revelation for us in midfield because we lost two of our our key players in the summer in Akil Wright and Pete Jamison, the goalkeeper, and uh, we didn't think anyone would be able to actually replace Wright. Who he was very integral to the way that we we played. He made made a lot of a lot of the work that he did look look easy, but Pyrus has come in and, and sort of filled that slot. Um, but yeah, he's, he just seems to have come out of nowhere. And, and I saw a great stat about about him before before the Oldham game, where it, it, it mentioned about the the amount of interceptions that he's made. And before that, it was about forty four. And I'm sure it will have probably gone up again after yesterday's game because he's he. he He's just one of those players that just makes you feel really exhausted watching him just in that running. <laughs> and, and but yeah, he's just added a real energy to to the midfield that I think uh, looking forward for the rest of the season will will be a real handful and and cause cause a lot of problems in in breaking up play and, and creating things going forward for us as well. So he looks a real real fine for us. Okay, right. Well, it sounds like a few for us to um, uh, keep our eyes out for then on uh, on come Saturday. I suppose that'd be my last question. It's it's obviously been a while um, since uh, York fans have been to a lot of the grounds that are in the National League um, Premier. Uh, are you expecting to bring a few? It's a long way from York to Yeovil, isn't it? But um, are you expecting to bring a few to stand on the uncovered away end? It doesn't look like it's going to rain this weekend, so we can't pay you back for all them years ago at Bootham Crescent. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine we will. We, I think, I think with a lot of our fans at the moment being obviously playing what what is essentially regionalised football and playing across the the north of England for this long, I think a lot of fans are really just excited to sort of leave the usual locations behind and and explore where all these other other grounds that we've not either been to for a while or or just even getting south. I think a lot of a lot of fans have, have relished playing teams in the south of England again more than anything with um because we've got we've got a fair sized fan base down just down in London as well and they they so I think for them it's they those those sort of locations like Yeovil and and on that south coast there as well are, are places where I think a lot of them will will travel to we've I think I think generally we we do travel quite well we've we've always traveled pretty well everywhere we've we've been playing in the last few years and uh, and I think even even with the the rail strikes at, at Maidstone the other week we managed to take it I think we managed to take nearly 300 down there 200 wow. That's so, pretty good yeah so I think I think it'll probably be around the same again for Yeovil for on, on Saturday and I'm sure it'll probably be a, a very similar outcome for the rest of the season as well it's it is something that I think a lot of our fans like to do is just to like to travel and and get to as many many other games as they possibly can. So we'll, it will certainly be a 
a good number of us that go down there this weekend. Fantastic. Well, if you have got anyone coming across from London and they are arriving at the train station at Yeovil Junction, just um, give them a warning that they might need to get in a couple of taxis to get their way there. Because the problem with the train stations at Yeovil is they're a bloody long way away from where the ground is. But I'm sure someone somewhere will have spotted that. So they'll be they'll be good. But yeah. Right. Well, Simon, really appreciate you joining us. And um, are, are you coming down yourself on Saturday? Sadly, I, I can't actually get there on Saturday, but oh, I will, no. I'll certainly be listening and, and keeping a, a close eye on, on what's going on down there yeah. and always. So, no worries. Well, a very a very safe journey to anyone who is um, on their way down there. Obviously, I'd wish you all the best, but we'll have to do it for after Saturday's game. Um, and I think we're due to arrive at you guys at the end of February. So maybe we can get you back on then and see um, how things are looking when we've passed halfway point of the season. Most definitely will, and it'll be interesting to see where everyone is. I think uh, that's yeah, sort of exactly. Yeah, well, we both you you started the, you're the first team to start the season lower than us Al- alphabetically. We're always last, so we were glad when you guys came up just so we didn't start the season on bottom for once. But yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's always how we feel as well. So, yeah, we'll, the, the only way is up from there, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Terrific. Exactly. Right, Simon, really appreciate your time. Thanks very much, and hopefully, we'll speak to you again in February. Yes, no problem. And uh, I'd, I'd say best of luck for the weekend, but I'd be lying. We know you wouldn't mean it. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. We understand. Radio, thanks again, Simon. Cheers. You three have got a very good dynamic, you know. All three of you are absolute plebs. You three have got a very good dynamic, you know. All three of you are absolute plebs. You three have got a very good dynamic, you know. All three of you are absolute plebs. Okay, so thank you again to Simon. And Ben, I think you Me? tipped. You, you, yes, Me? you. You tipped York City for good things, didn't you, in your pre-season predictions, if I remember rightly? Yeah, I think I referred to them as a dark horse. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. I did, yes. Do you want to know do, why? Or uh, I, I do, and, and I want to know if after six games you still think, uh, how dark is this? How dark is your horse? That's what uh, the Bee Gees or take well, that. This was the 50, 50 Shades of Nay podcast, wasn't it? Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> How dark is your horse? Go on. How dark I mean, is it, Ben? It, I mean, it's, it's a fairly light horse. Um, uh-huh. They are only three points off the playoffs. I mean, we're talking about technicalities here, but they are. Um, they've got a couple of reasonable results. Obviously, decent fan base. They had a, they had a good number through at their new stadium on the weekend, so they're clearly getting numbers through. Um, they've done okay. A couple of away wins. They've lost a couple of games that maybe they consider a bit of a shock. I think they lost against Maidstone and Eastleigh, but they've started well. They've held Solly Holm. I think that's probably the most impressive result of the lot so far. Yeah, I do think they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, they have had a high turnover of players, both in and out, but at the moment, that seems to be working for them. And did you say that they might be missing somebody yes. this weekend? Ollie Dyson told, uh, no, no, sorry, John Askey, the manager, told BBC Radio York that Ollie Dyson has had a quote, and I quote, had a bang on his kidneys. Oh, that does sound painful, doesn't it? So, no one likes a bang on the kidneys. No, they don't, exactly. So, um, yeah, they'll be hoping the, um, they'll be hoping that Dyson can suck it up. Hey. <laughs> Back to oh. probing around the edges now, aren't we? Oh dear, back to probing again. <laughs> We've taken a, a, a fair journey on this podcast from probing back to probing. It's like a stand up routine where it all comes full circle, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's one phrase you could use, yes. <laughs> Let's not go. <laughs> 
Oh, Debs, I'm sorry. Oh, dear. I'm fighting back. We've got to pay it. You're, you're fighting back the line. You've got to pay extra for that several times <laughs> during this podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, do we, move do it we, on. Move it on. Are we, gonna be, are we going to be happy with a point? No. No. Absolutely not. Want to win them? Want to win them? You're in charge Saturday, Perkins. Yeah. Are you on the radio? I am. Yes. They do have an they do have an entire shop up up, up front. We have got to be aware of that. Uh, in uh, the now John Lewis, his name is a shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've got um, Ethan Ross in goal, who famously did not horrendously for the seaside seagull botherers um, when we met them a couple of seasons back and had a bit of time at Stockport and Aldershot and. During that season against the Seagull Botherers, which I think was the behind closed door season, I didn't think he was that terrible against us. Of all the Seagull Botherers, he was probably the only one that had any kind of credit to come from it. So, yeah, I think the goalkeeper is, is probably good enough, but we've got to be thinking about it, haven't we? We've absolutely got to be thinking about getting a uh, getting a win. Mm, Chris Hargreaves was hopeful of having both Lawson DF and Sam Pearson. Oh. Back. There you go, then. That's all the Stop answers. At, right stop there. asking questions. Stop asking them. Don't need them. Yeah. And we've got to give credit a bit of credit to Ben as well, haven't we? He called we? Matt. He called Matty Gravosti. He did. Thought he was yeah. going. Thought he would shot. be off. And then there yeah. you go. Yeah. But still Finley, we, we, he still didn't say Crace or Krask, did he? I know he, he said, said Finley. He called him Finley. We need a full. We need to full name him. Yeah. I bet he's working his socks off though, Finley. Without a doubt. <laughs> I chuckle every time I hear it now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Who else is chomping at the bit? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, should we see who's chomping at the bit on the GCQs or? Yes. I feel yes. like we've. Um... GCQ me up. <laughs> okay. Uh, the OG, Paddy. Uh, I met Paddy. You I sent, met you sent Paddy. us a selfie with Paddy, didn't I you? I did. So, he yeah. came up to me and he was telling me about how he, he he was the only person who listened to Ian when Ian and Dave Pryor started this podcast. Oh, and um, yeah, he was the he was the one loyal listener. So I did. Yeah, no, it was good to meet Paddy, and I met Stony as well at um, at Wealdstone. So yeah, it was quite a, it was a nice day of meeting uh, Stony at Wealdstone. Stony at Wealdstone. Yeah, Stony. Okay. Uh, Paddy asked, did anyone else spot the Wheelstone radar or was it just me on Saturday? He was. He, he was did. in the wet he was in the weather spoons uh, where I was before the game. And uh, yeah, Jake Farrant from the uh Green and Whites was one of many people who had their picture taken with him. Um and I don't know if he did want some or not. Mm, he's one of the first um like it's like before things really went viral, he kind of went viral, didn't he? Like in it's like the early 2010s, wasn't it? Was it yeah. before that? Wasn't he a vine? There you go, kids. Yeah, Anyone out there? Vine. Remember the vine? Yeah, yeah vine, vines. Vines were class. Yeah, do it for the vine. Well, <laughs> he's tiny, I'll say that. He is really small. And he wears like a jacket that's about four times too big for him as well. So, but yeah, he was okay. there. Spider uh, Raider. Paddy also asks, does anyone know where our latest signing, Doors, is actually from in Somerset because the whole Stratford press release said it was near to home, um, dream move, all these things. 
Ben, you said it's Bristol, didn't you, on Transfer Marked? Transfer Marked says Bristol, and I'm not a great geography guy, but is Bristol technically <laughs> Somerset? Is it? Maybe he grew up in Somerset, born in Bristol, came back out of Bristol Hospital, came back to Somerset, maybe, I don't know. I think Bath and around Bath classes is North Somerset, doesn't it? Hence they play in the Somerset Premier Cup, and Bath is not a million miles away from Bristol. No, that would be accurate to say, actually, yeah. Mm. Not a million miles. <laughs> Giving the facts today, Dave. Can't, uh, cannot offer you Whether I mean, anyone understands them or not, who knows? But, maybe yeah. only Will Dawes can answer this. But I tell you what, I've just had a thought because I think someone tweeted that Will Dawes went to Loughborough Uni to do a degree in maths, didn't he, or something like this? Right. Okay. I'm sure I read that today. Maybe he would be able to help with the um, Stuart Robbins shareholding. Yes. Maybe he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's, um, he's doing like a... In summer internship at Max May Limited. Who knows? Uh. <laughs> Awkward silence number three. <laughs> um, Robin Batchelor asks, do you think Dawes is a Chris Hargreaves signing or a Scott Priestnell-led signing suggested for him? No, I'm sure I... he can be a success and I wish him all the best, but it seems odd to be playing five-figure fee for the Southern League player. You can feel awkward silence number four coming along quite soon. It depends how good that 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 Southern League player is. I mean, there are there are some very in in the same way that we would say there are good players in the National League who could very easily make the step up into the football league. Then surely there there is a potential for there to be good players in the Southern League who can make the step up into the National League Premier. We don't know what this five figure fee is, but um, yeah, it's equally. Well, we'll see. Well, well, we will judge him and and the signing on whether uh, whether he's um, whether he's good enough. But to be honest with you, I think it's a little bit of an insult to Chris Hargreaves to suggest that he would have a. Um, I'm sure Chris Hargreaves has got more professional um, professionalism about him than to have a uh, have a signing literally forced upon him um, like that. But we'll find out, won't we? I think it's probably significant that he's been with the club for a while. So if he's been training with the club and been sort of at those events that, that we saw, if Chris Hargreaves was asked, can you sign this player, please? And the player isn't good enough. Chris Hargreaves has probably got enough about him, as you say, to run and go, no, not him. You know, if you want me to have a look at other players at that level, fine. But no, he's not worth it. So I absolutely trust Chris Hargreaves to, to make a decision on on his, uh, yeah, on his, on his players. And yeah, I'm, he absolutely deserves a, a good run and a chance to sort of impress and, and develop and, and become our player. He has been at Cheltenham. It's not like he's been plucked out of Stratford and that's where he's been at his whole time. He has been sort of in and around football league um, clubs. So he was with Cheltenham. I think he played a couple of first team games for them in EFL Trophy Cup games, sort of involved in pre-seasons and stuff for them. So he's not a complete write-off, no, not by any stretch of the imagination. And I guess it's one of those. If he has gone to university um and made the decision to go and get a degree that probably takes a little bit of time away from being able to be a professional footballer if you spend three years doing doing maths maths quizzes (laughs) yeah i was just trying to find um because when we signed albie skendy i seem to remember us paying an undisclosed fee for him but the article is no longer on the Overtown website. So 
Is that, pre, is that does that predate Glover's cast as well? Yeah. 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 Darren Siles' first signing, wasn't he? Or one of his first signings. <laughs> um, so afraid I can't answer that one for you. Not that anyone's asked. Um <laughs> next question, and I think final question from USU. What's the logic that I'm missing missing giving let me start again? Blah, 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 blah. What's the logic that I'm missing, given Chris Hargreaves specifically declared in a preseason interview with the Glovers cast that aiming for a type ship of circa 20 squad for so many loans, signings of players who are clearly well adrift of regular appearances? Oh, good point. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to say to that, other than that's a very good point. <laughs> um, I'd say it's a, it's a long season, though, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, you know... We'll we'll get. I imagine we'll get through those players. I think Jamie Record. You know, it's nothing to say. Some of these players might pick up injuries at some point, and they'll be needed. Um, and it, it it was only last season we were moaning that we didn't have the depth. We then can't moan about having depth. The the thing now to moan about is well, how do we get the outlet? We don't have a reserve team. We're not in the first round of the men's Premier Cup. We're you know hopefully going to have to go far in the FA Trophy with these players. So actually, I'd rather have the depth and have an outlet. Do we need to make better deals to have Olivier Albert go out on loan for a month? Do we need to have a better deal for players to be able to go back? Is there something in the Plymouth deal with Krask that he can go and still play football somewhere? Do we need mid-season friendlies? I'd rather have the squad, but then ask the questions on how we get them the football rather than the other way around, than scrambling for emergency loans because we've lost every midfielder we've got in one fell swoop. We're going to get suspensions. We're going to get injuries. Matt Wellington's already got three yellow cards. He's only two away from missing a game. So these things are going to happen. I'd much rather have the squad in. And it's about good man management. It's how Chris, Chris and Marcus are going to earn their corn this year by keeping players who are out of squads happy. Will Buse possibly being one of them. Very good goalkeeper by all accounts. Hasn't kicked a ball yet. Hasn't been on benches a couple of times. So I, I understand the question and it is a good point, but I'm not going to question the squad balance or the squad numbers because we will absolutely need that there you go Hugh take out with Ben <laughs> he will now as well why did you say that <laughs> uh, that's it for the questions any final thoughts before we go into uh, into the weekend bring it home Perkins yes three more points please I'll do my very best. You promised. <laughs> you promised. <laughs> Cheers, lads. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot, goal! Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 